And he's got some wonderful things to share. good if we did nothing else tonight but just lay there for about another two hours after worship or as worship continued in and through us so holy spirit we honor you we do we honor you and we we give you your rightful place um as as the one who brings who ushers in the the very presence the goodness the yumminess of of who you are, who the Father is, who Jesus is. And so we do honor you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. We, we want to give you room to be yourself, um, to touch us deeply, to change us. Because when, when we try to change ourselves, not, not much happens at best. <laughs> when you change us, when you touch us, we're, we're changed. We're, we, are, we are transformed. And so, Holy Spirit, we're inviting a deeper touch tonight. We're saying we need you. We need you. I don't think any of us, I I know, I I don't even know how much I try to do for you rather than realizing I don't have anything. (laughs) I don't have anything to give. It's you who gives Whatever we give, it's only because we got it from you anyway. Even the love. We need you. Father, Abba, Papa, Daddy, we need you. We need more and more of your love. We need more revelation and more experiential encounters with who you really, really are for us. We need, we need to hear your voice more clearly than we've ever heard before. Jesus, we need greater and greater revelation of what you have finished for us on the cross. The completeness, the fullness of what your blood has accomplished for us what our position is because of what you've done, Jesus. Would you take us deeper and deeper and deeper into that revelation, into a love affair, a love relationship with you that that knows no end, that knows no limits. Deeper, Holy Spirit. We need you. We need you. We need you. We need you. We want you. 
Release. You know what every person came in here needing. Release it. Release it. Release it. There's a few of you in here. The Lord showed me specifically who. You've been asking a lot of deep and sorrowful why questions. Especially, why am I here, God? Why did you make me? But you're saying it not because you really want to know, but because you don't think you should be here. And you're not sure why he made you. And his answer is, because I love you. Because I've always loved you. Because I wanted you here. And because I made you just the way I wanted to represent me like nobody else can. So for those, there's just a few of you that um, enemy's really been trying to, you know, lie to you and get you to give up. And I, I just, I, I, I just cut off. I cut off the lies. I cut off the lies. I cut off the lies. Cut off the curses off of you. And I tell you, you are amazing. You are here because the Father. The Father wants you here. You're here because you're loved and you've always been loved and you will always be loved. And that will never change. So you get to leave this place filled with hope and filled with assurance that you have a purpose. And that you are perfect just the way you are. You're perfect for him, beloved. Every single person in this room, you're perfect for him. That's good. Sometimes we're in way too much of a hurry for for what I'm not always sure. A hurry to get on to something else. But God is into this moment right now with you. He's into it with you. He's not in any hurry. One of the things I read in this book recently about heaven is that, is that uh, from someone who was there and came back, um, is that there's, in heaven, it's always right now. You know, there's no, there's not this concept of what was and what will be. It's just now, forever. It's always now. God's with you in the moment right now. And he actually wants you to enjoy life. And, and we get so consumed and so worried with things that we lose the joy of what it really is about, which is about relationships with people that are um, important to us or people that we want to be important to us, but just relationships and enjoying those and having fun with people. And um, yeah, we do need to tell people about Jesus along the way, but 
it'd be so much better if it was just a reflection, if it was just an outpouring of a life that's enjoyed with him. Because then when you talk about him, he'd be really real to people. <laughs> Instead of talking about someone that you think you know about, just enjoy life more with him. And it will naturally flow right out of you. And you will be a hope bringer everywhere you go. Because you have to live it first, right? The more you're living it, the more, you, the more it just is going to flow right out of you. We're, just, we're making this way too difficult. You know, Brent, tell me the ten theological things I need to know tonight. And I don't know. But God's crazy about you. That ought to just change your, your whole perspective on a lot of things. He's just, there you go, one through ten. He's crazy about you. I am so feeling his presence right now. Did I tell you he's in this moment with you right now? And you know what? If you're not feeling it, can I tell you something? He is. I I mean, seriously, is that good enough for you that at least one of you right now is feeling it? Because he is. He is feeling tremendous love for you at this very moment. And isn't that the way it works in relationships? You know? I mean, think about it. You're not always both feeling the same thing at the same time. So if you're not feeling it right now, it's okay to know that he is, isn't it? And actually, the more you realize he's feeling that love for you, then actually starts to do something to you. And pretty soon you're feeling it. Because that's kind of how love works, you know? I'm just, um, I'm really done apologizing, trying to apologize for who the Lord is and what He does, because He just loves us so much. And um, it's not like any of us fully understand God. That's not really possible yet, at least with these earthly bodies, you know. We think we know so much. And He just wants to pour His love out. And He says, it's going to look really different sometimes. I I think sometimes he wants to know who's offended and who really wants to just move right through that and say, I don't really care anymore, Lord. I'll just, I'll take it however you're going to pour it out because I got to have you.
the Lord's about to do something on the earth that's going to be so entirely different than anything we've ever seen before. If this is going to offend us, we, we have some problems ahead. I, I really mean that. We've said a long time ago, my, <laughs> my goal is as a pastor is not to like try to lead a really weird church. That's not, that has nothing, that's not my goal at all. <laughs> Besides, I don't think this is weird. This is actually closer to kingdom normal. And some of you, if you've came in here kind of feeling discouraged, depressed, honestly, even like Todd's story, even if you haven't, even if it's making you angry right now that other people are laughing, at some point, the Lord's going to, you know, get your tick, your funny bone somewhere and just start getting you to release, supernaturally release the things that, that are just weighing you down because he... He's a good papa. He doesn't want you to carry those things. Like really thick in here. <laughs> you know, Todd, Todd, you and your crew had a lot to do with this. If you just wouldn't go after God with all you got, this wouldn't happen. <laughs> Todd alluded to this a little bit. Todd, our worship leader, he he alluded to this a little bit earlier, but he and Karina came into Blazing Fire pretty broken, pretty uh, hurt, pretty angry. And he, he liked what he saw. He, they both liked what they saw, but they didn't want to be too close. So they sat way back there somewhere. It was in a different building. And all we did is love on them and love on them and love on them. And after, I don't know, a year or something, they realized that the love was going to keep coming. It wasn't going away. So here they are. I don't know how many, was it 10 years, 12 years, something? No, 10, maybe 11. 11 years later, here they are. And a long time ago, I told Todd as a worship leader, I said, Todd, we're, we're really, I'm wanting the same thing you're wanting. We just, we want God's presence. We're not in a hurry. He is the, he is the main course. We're not like, you know, worship isn't a preamble to something. It's, it's kind of the main deal. And, and, um, and so I've given him lots and lots of freedom to be himself. 
Um, but I just want to tell you something. The only reason that this happens is because Todd and many others have a life of falling in love with Jesus every day. You know? He doesn't, he doesn't have to come here and work it up. You know? We're, um, besides, that doesn't work anyway. God's really not impressed with us working it up. Um, instead, it's just an overflow. And so I want to encourage you all, if you are saying, man, I would like to get so much more out of, out of being here with my family and, and experiencing God, can I tell you, it, it's going to happen on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday in your own times with the Lord and letting Him into your heart and going deeper and going in your prayer closet or going on walks and enjoying life with Him. And when you come back here, not only will you receive far more, but you'll have far more to give away. But it's one of the reasons why this place is so special is because so many of you are doing that. It's There's a collective thing going on that God, it's irresistible to Him. Because he loves, he loves pouring himself out on those who want him. And um, as we come together, I'm telling you, there's going to be some explosive things. We've seen a lot over the years, a lot. But there's going to be some explosive kingdom manifestations that we haven't even come close to seeing yet. But we're born for it. So... I do have a message. Well, that was a message. Um, I'm not going to talk all that long. At least I don't think I am. And we're going to hear from some some people from uh, our school of ministry, supernatural ministry, and a little bit from wildfire. I could do this really quick. A couple, two weeks ago, I talked about God's view of perfection. How many of you were here? Raise your hand. So kind of like I thought, I'm talking to half of you. Half of you were not here. That's kind of what always happens. And so one day when we're all here on the same night, there's not going to be room enough here for everyone. <laughs> so this is what I said. I said very quickly, I talked about perfection. God's view of perfection is different from what we understand it. I used the example of an olive tree that looks all gnarly there. And if you look at it from a Greek mindset, perfection like like most of us think of perfection, an olive tree would not be perfect because it's not flawless, it's not without defects, there's, you know, it's got, it just doesn't look right, right? Um, but, but according to God's definition of perfect, which is the Hebrew mindset, it means to function as designed by God. That means that olive tree is perfect. It's perfectly functioning as God designed it to. There's reasons why it's got a gnarly trunk. I don't even know all the reasons, but there's good ones. And so we need to know who we are and be that. That's perfection according to God, is, is functioning according to your original design. Now that kind of changes things quite a bit. That tells us that Adam and Eve were actually perfect in the garden because they were functioning exactly the way they were designed with no problems. There were none because there was, there was nothing in the atmosphere yet. No, no problems. They... They were perfect, but then the temptation was to believe that Satan wanted them to believe that God's design wasn't perfect and they needed to fix it. Something's wrong. You need to do something about it. And they got duped into into doing that. So sin entered 
uh, blinding us from the truth of our original design. I don't know if you ever thought about sin this way before. But rather than sin being wrong actions, which is the way we usually think about sin, sin is actually a noun. What Jesus saved us from is actually a noun, not a verb. It's a thing. It's a blob like I'm going to show you in the next picture. Blinding us from the truth where we can't see our original design. And when we can't see ourselves, we don't act like our real selves. Like our God selves. The one he designed. Okay? So, here you go. Here's this blob called sin. Sin blinds us to our true identity. Causes us to agree with an inferior image of what we think our design is. I used a big black cloth and I put it over myself. Like just an example of what sin is, this blob. And I said, and if you go into a mirror, sin causes you not to like yourself. Because you look and you say, yuck, I don't like me. That, that's, that's the issue of sin. But Jesus on the cross took that black thing off of you, that, that sin blob off of you, so that you can see yourself clearly. You can see what God sees and now you can like what you see. And, and once you like what you see, you will start to behave in the way that you truly are. That's what Jesus gives you the freedom and permission to do. I showed a clip of the Lion King. Um, I'm going to read, Malcolm, it was so awesome that you read from the mirror. I'm going to read a bunch of verses from the mirror tonight because I was getting back into it this week. Um, but I said, Jesus came to remove the curse of sin and reveal our true identity. I used this clip where Simba forgot who he was, but then he saw his father um, up in the clouds and remembered again who he was. But uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says that, that um, the Lord lit the lamp in our understanding so that we may clearly recognize the features of his likeness in the face of Jesus Christ reflected within us. You getting this? God lit the lamp in our understanding so that we may clearly recognize the features of the Father's likeness in the face of Jesus Christ reflected within us. See, when you start seeing who you really are, you're not going to trample on yourself anymore. And then you'll start treating other people differently. Okay? And then I, I read this one also two weeks ago about Ephesians 4.1 in the mirror. I urgently appeal to you, therefore, with reference to your original identity, who God says you are, to conduct your life in such a way that your every move bears witness to the weight and the value of who you really are. And then this word in the Hebrew, tamim, for perfect, is actually a state of being where a person has completely expended all of their resources and come to the end of themselves. So walking with God, giving him all of myself and keeping nothing in reserve is perfection. I can't do it. That's right, you can't. Yay, you can't. So if you're trying to make yourself perfect for God, you're, you're trying to do something you cannot ever accomplish. So don't do it. Just agree with God. God, you made me perfect in your image. You've made me to function according to my original identity. Jesus has taken off that sin problem which causes me to look at myself wrong. So now I get to look in your eyes, see who I am, to let you tell me who I am, and walk like that. 
That's the gospel. And Jesus will give you the power to do it. And then I showed you this picture. This time I made it a little darker so you could see it. Because we couldn't see it last, last two weeks ago. But entering God's rest by holding nothing back. Open your heart to your father. There's that little boy in his hands. As you can see, not a stitch of clothes on him. That's tamim. That's perfection. Perfection is, Daddy, I'm yours. I'm yours. And you say, I'm, 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 I'm very good. You say that I am made in your image. You say all kinds of amazing things about you. Here's my heart. Whatever in my heart doesn't agree with what you say, burn that away so that all I see left is my image according to what you say. That's tamim. That's perfection. Oh, here we go. Let me go back one. Um, I'm going to show you a video. Because what I love about this too as a child, right? We enter the kingdom like a child, right? Do you know that children... I'm talking about healthy children in, in a good home. They love themselves. They actually do. They love themselves. Children, when they first start seeing themselves in a mirror, they're fascinated with themselves. They think they're pretty wonderful. They really do. So watch this. And here's one more. (laughs) (laughs) This is what God's inviting you back to. Adam and Eve... They loved themselves. They liked themselves. They didn't have weird concepts about themselves. They didn't think that there was something wrong with themselves. Sin has tried to do that to us. And God wants to bring us back to a place where we're in agreement with him that we are very lovable. We're very lovable. Would you call that pride and arrogance? No. That is not. That's not pride and arrogance. In fact, one definition of pride that you may have not thought of is if, if you value your opinion of yourself over God's. So that's a definition you may have not thought about before. So we need to agree with God's definition. So what might it look like with a room, with, if, if the world, if we as adults who somewhere along the way we started believing lies that, you know, things happened to us, we believed lies that others spoke about us, that we aren't, we aren't special, we aren't lovable, we aren't all these things. What would happen if we started going back to our original identity and like a little child, we could love ourselves like a little child, see ourselves the way we did when we were little. It might look something like this. Ha, ha, ha. 
<laughs> we might actually start enjoying life more. There, I know, I know, I just love that ad. But, I, but honestly, there is truth to that. That's what God's trying to bring us back to. Like, you know, why are we taking ourselves so seriously? When he's like, I, I just, man, I adore you. I, you're, you're always going to be my little boy, my little girl. But I want you to see yourself the way I see you. And bring you back to your original innocence, the way, the way you really are. And some of you are thinking, well, I'm not innocent anymore. I made all these mistakes. Life happened. No, really, Jesus erased all of that. That's the gospel. He erased all of that. Any negative stuff that would give you reason to say, well, I could never be, I could never love myself like that or be a child, go back to my innocence. Jesus says, oh, I, I don't even know what stuff you're talking about because I, I already paid for that in full. So that, you're, the stuff that happened to you, the stuff of life that started to rip you off and tell you lies actually ca- is not your identity and cannot be your identity. Ever. Null and void. It, it, it can't be your identity anymore. Your identity is in one thing. Is Papa, who do you say that I am? Amen. He says, you're my girl. You're my boy. You're the one I always wanted. You're the one I made just the way I wanted. Nobody represents me on this earth like you. I say you rock. We have the spirit of adoption. We are sons and daughters made perfectly in God's image the way Papa wanted us. Right? Right. Right, Brent. I'm so right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Here's Galatians 4, 6 in the mirror. To seal our sonship, and that's all you daughters as well. God has commissioned the spirit of sonship to resonate the Abba echo in our hearts. Abba, Dada. And now in our innermost being, we recognize him as our true and very dear father. Your daddy loves you. He 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 loves you. That preaches. Romans 8, 14 to 16. This is exactly the verse that Malcolm just read. The original life of the Father revealed in His Son is the life the Spirit now conducts within us. What? Remember, we're going back to your original identity, the way God intended it. The original life of the Father revealed in His Son is the life the Spirit now conducts within us. His spirit resonates within our spirit to confirm the fact that we originate in God. There you go. There's your origination source. What value does that place on you? 
I, I would love for you to just to like get really excited because this is really good stuff. I'm hoping you're getting this deep because we've been we've all been lied to a lot. We've been sold a bill of goods that just isn't true about about you know putting yourself down and thinking you don't have worth. It's just not true. You have you have infinite infinite worth. Um. So there we go. There, we're back to the Tamim again. I just wanted you to see the picture one more time. This is what perfection is. Papa, Dada. So how can you tell if you're falling back into independence? What I mean by that is we just said, I'm at the end of my resources, Daddy. I don't have anything. So I, I am who you say I am. I'm going to live that life. What happens when our independence comes back in, which means we start to forget this and we start going back to how am I going to fix my problems? What am I going to do with my life? How come things aren't working out? Um, when we start going back into what we're going to do for God to get our life straight for him, all those ways we do that. How can we tell if we're falling back into that trap? Because it's heavy again. Do you remember that picture from two weeks ago? It's heavy. When your life starts getting heavy, why is it not fun anymore? Why is everything heavy and discouraging? And because you're falling back into independence. You're, you're, now, you're now saying, okay, it's hard, but I got this, baby. I can do this for God. And he's like, that's not the deal. That was never the deal. And so Jesus says this to each one of you, if you're feeling any heaviness, this is a scripture I've read so many times, but we'll read it one more time. So amazing, beautiful Jesus says this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Which again is your attempts to be right for God. Come to me, Jesus says. Get away with me and you will recover your life. In other words, you get your life back. Where, would, where did my life go? Oh, there it is. He breathes fresh life on you again. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. So keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. That's his promise. That's his promise. So when it gets heavy again, Jesus says, And he reminds you, because this is the scripture that talks about, are you weary? Are you heavy laden? Come to me, I'll give you rest. My yoke. He talks about the yoke, right? That yoke thing, remember, is the thing that was over the, the two big beasts of burden as they're plowing the fields, right? But he's saying, I'll take your yoke upon me. Yes, yes, we're plowing the field together, but I'm bearing 100% of the weight of this thing. 100%. So when you start rising up and trying to do it for God, you're like taking on, you know, however many percent you're taking on. And it's the more you do it, the more tired you get. And he invites you back into the rest, into the rhythms of grace, which is God doing for you what you couldn't do for yourself in a million years. That's grace. Check this out in the, in the Hebrews 13, 20 and 21 in the mirror. This is my prayer for you, that the God who made peace with the human race, he's made peace with you, in case you didn't know that, through the blood of the eternal testament, he who raised Jesus from the dead as the supreme shepherd of the sheep, 
that he would thoroughly equip you in the most distinguished way possible to give expression to his design in you according to his delight realized in Jesus Christ, who is the blueprint of the ages and the accurate expression of his glory. We echo the amen. Isn't that awesome? You are awesome beyond measure. I love it. I saw many of you shaking your heads. Yes. Yes. You're awesome. You're awesome. Because he says so. He made you that way. So now, how do we... Is it all just... Is it all just about us? Like, do, am I just having to, that little child, you know, is it just all up to me? Well, first of all, it's not at all. Even that's by grace that you approach God that way. It's by his grace. But also we need each other in this thing. There's a reason why he says together. Because we forget and the enemy wears us down and we get life experiences. We start to look at things wrong and we need each other. We need to remind each other of the truth. So it says, in the light of our free access to the Father, this is Hebrews 10.25 in the mirror. So in light of our free access to the Father, let us extend that embrace to one another. Our gatherings are no longer a repetition of tradition. That's not why we're doing it. But an essential fellowship where we remind one another of our true identity. That's what we're doing here. We do have a world to go love on and, and, and invite into this wonderful relationship with Jesus. But honestly, we're not going to do that if we don't remember who we are. And again, the re- reason why any of us do crazy things called sin, meaning actions that hurt ourselves and others around us, is because we've forgotten who we are. We stopped loving ourselves somewhere along the way. It's true. I, I told you this before, but probably a lot of you weren't here the day I said this, so I'm going to remind you again. But a couple months ago, I woke up. As I was waking up, the Lord told me, Brent, I want you to love yourself. And I, I thought, I mean, it was clearly the Lord's voice. And I'm like, well, okay. I mean, you have my attention. But I also thought it was kind of weird because I'm like, I, I thought I loved myself a lot. And um, he's like, no, I, I want you to love yourself the way I love you. And... Um, and he had me start looking straight in the mirror. And I, I dare you. I double dog dare you to go do this. Because it's going to be a lot harder than you think for many of you. To look yourself straight in the eyes in the mirror. And say three words like you really mean it. I love you. See what happens. See if you actually could look at yourself the whole time you said that and mean it. I love you. He had me do it. I know that sounds kind of weird. Like, wow, Brent, this is getting a little kind of freaky. <laughs> See, he's, God's after something. He, he's after something. And we've reduced, we've reduced the Christian life to trying not to sin. That is a really poor definition of the Christian life. That, that's, first of all, it's not even going to work for you. And secondly, really, that's it? No wonder so many people want to go home, you know? (laughs) Just take me now, Lord. Because we've reduced the Christian life to trying not to sin. Rather than loving ourselves and other people with God's love, 
rather than saying, Papa, I don't got it, but I'm receiving everything you give me and I'm going to live a full life. I'm going to enjoy life. And, and my love, it, it, your love is going to pour out through me. We're going to go make a difference together. Amen. That's the Christian life. <sighs> I really didn't think I was going to get up here so late, actually. <laughs> I'm looking. I have just a couple more things to say, but I know we got people to share. So um, I, I got it. Okay, I got to share one. I got to share one more because it's, it's, it's good. It's really good. Um, we need each other in this, in this Christian life big time, so much more than we think we do. We, and part of it is we need each other to encourage each other and remind us of truth of who we are for sure. And we need to learn how to work through relationship difficulties and actually come out victorious on the other side because, because we let God deal with our own hearts, because we didn't give up, you know, all those things. We, we, actually, we actually need to grow up in love. That's actually in, in, in uh, Ephesians 4. That's a big part of what this life is like, uh, is about, is growing up in love. So we really need each other. I want to show you a clip. It's a pretty quick one of uh, Lord of the Rings. And, and this is where Frodo decides he's going to take the ring, which is an evil ring that he needs to take back. I'm not going to get into the whole story. He, just, he needs to take it back and get rid of it so it doesn't hurt people. But he's pretty honest about that he doesn't even really need to know how to get there. And uh, watch what happens as people gather around him, okay? Where are we going? That's a lot like this church. Meaning, <laughs> when you actually, when I actually started a church, I said, I know God's got an amazing plan, and I had as much of it as I had. It's, I, I've surely learned more along the way, but different ones have said, I'm in, and, and I'm going to give you what I have on the journey. We all need that. We need, we need each other big time. And uh, I think a lot of times we, we really want to know 
where we're going and what it's all supposed to look like more than God's even concerned with it. He really is more concerned with how we're doing it together, more, more so than we understand. And uh, he'll get us there. He's going to get us there, but he wants us to get there together and in love and learning relationship together. So um, there's a lot more I intended to say, but I'll leave it for another time. And uh, what I want to do is, um, I think I have one more verse that's just going to lead us right into people sharing. Oh, wow. I know that guy. <laughs> this is, I totally didn't remember this was on here. This is our dog. This is our dog, Coco. The whole point of this was to say, you are lovable and you belong to the family. The, Coco gets, that's Erin, like when we first got her six, eight years ago, something, seven years ago. Um, when you come into our house, Coco will love you and pretty really quickly you'll love her because she just thinks she's lovable to everybody. <laughs> and so she is. Are you getting that? Because if you come into this group or any other group and you think you're not lovable and you, you're daring people to get close to you, there, there's a reason why you aren't experiencing the closeness with many people yet. But if you come in knowing what God says about you, how lovable you are, that you belong, and you start feeling that way, you start attracting it right back at you really quickly. I'm just giving you that was for free. Okay. Um, so let us think of creative ways by which we can influence one another to find inspired expression in doing things that benefit others. Good actions give voice and volume to the love of God. This is where I want to transition over to sharing a little bit. Um, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's 10 to 9, which means that at 9 o'clock, we need, parents need to get kids. So I apologize because I'm sure it's going to go a little bit over that. And um, we're going to sh- have... Uh, a little bit of sharing, and then the very people that are going to share are going to give some prophetic words, some encouragement to you. What's that? Plus a few others, Plus a few others yeah. So, um, you guys want to start? Okay, so, wild, so wildfire, the whole point of this was to tell you that as we are going places together and releasing the love together, something's happening as we do it together as a family. And I know the youth group just went on an amazing trip and saw... What's that? It's just us. That's all right. <laughs> Do we, oh, here we go. Yeah, it's later. So the teenagers uh, evidently are all at Starbucks at the moment. <laughs> they they have to get food more than we do. So it seems. Anyway. Uh, but we, yeah, we took them up to the Lord's land. Uh, it was awesome. Um, there's a festival going on there called shine and, uh, we've been a part of serving in that festival the past couple of years. And, um, yeah, what am I saying here? <laughs> Tell them about the guy on the street. Okay. Yeah. We served there, Todd and, T- and the kids led worship. And then several of them served on prophetic teams and a lot of really neat things happened. Saw some people get healed physically and, and, um, yeah, a lot of good heart connections, neat things happen. Um, but yeah, on the street, just, um, yeah, as Brent was talking about, we just, I think we have really cultivated family so much at Wildfire. It's, it's just really, really sweet what God's doing 
has been doing over the years. And so we just go out and, you know, we're family when we go out and we met a really sweet gentleman. We love to talk to the street vendors and, um, we were just really valuing his artwork and he, um, he, he was with his, he was over by his uh, van. And so we were talking to him and he was, could tell he was a little embarrassed, but his, um, wife and kids lived in the van. I think he had four daughters. They were gorgeous. So, um, we just got to bless them. And then as we, uh, were buying some of his jewelry, he was just so humble and his jewelry was just gorgeous. I don't, I think Erin Johnson's here. She was with me and, and Misha and the kids. And we were just in awe of his art and his jewelry. And he's like, yeah, just $10. And of course, Aaron and the rest of us were like, oh no, no way. Like, come on. And so we just gave him, you know, way above that. And he was just like, what, what? And, um, so we use that to kind of just tell him you are worth so much more than, than, um, the value you're placing on yourself. And it just it really went deep and he couldn't really look at us in that, you know, look in our eyes at first, but, um, we just kept loving on him and, and then just telling him who he was as a father, which was like, wow, here are my four kids living in a van and you're telling me I'm a good father. And, um, you know, we're just like, your kids are so loved. And that was huge. That was a really great encounter out there and I believe God did some really good stuff. But, um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was also remembering now that, um, yeah, not only did we do some cool ministry, but, um, we had like this one particular night where, uh, it was a day where we sent wild, we sent everybody out on the property of the Lord's land. If you've seen this place, it's beautiful, really peaceful, hippie like. And, uh, and we sent everyone out for four hours to just go be alone with God and not bother each other. And, um, and, just have encounter with God and, um, the reports were awesome, but it led to one of the most vulnerable nights we've ever encountered. I mean, just, just some kids just telling stuff that, that is very private and very, but very personal and, um, that we got to minister to each other and, uh, it was incredible. Just such a family thing going on. And, um, that was an awesome part. Yeah, it was it was cool kind of what Brent was sharing earlier about the fellowship and how much that like you need that and it's cool to see our kids really just love on each other and how just being in the atmosphere for a short period of time they like get drawn in and it creates a sa- safe atmosphere where we literally can watch kids transform within a month, a week, three months, by a year, it's like they fully have stepped into who they are because everyone around them is calling them forth into who they are. And if any of them hear what their the other's dreams are, they just keep reminding them of that. And I know me personally, I've been really touched by that, just dreams that I forgot about that the kids have been like, no, like, this is your heart. What are you doing for that? Like, are you going after it? And it's like really how you see that when you let people in, and they respond in love that it just it creates this unstoppable atmosphere where 
we had another youth pastor and youth group come and the kids just loved on the youth pastor spent a whole evening with us and they just were encouraging him in his songwriting and stuff and he just lit up and really you could just see the shift and it's like that's just because the kids know that it's okay to dream and the power that's behind that and yeah I think to um, the four of us, we you know we have our own struggles. We we're not <laughs> arrived, and so it kind of started out. Um, I was real vulnerable about something, and it it was extremely painful and difficult. Something my encounter with the Lord, where He took me, and I was like, oh, I don't want to share this, but I really felt like I should, and um, so I shared it, and you know. I was just met with such love and tenderness by these kids. I just, I couldn't even hardly look at them, but I could hear the waterworks. And so then it just opened up the door where they just started sharing. And, you know, we were saying after, it's just, it feels like family, but then we're like, but, but not really like family, like we've ever even experienced personally ourselves before. Like, how can you, you know, just cry and share the deepest part of your heart? you know, even in your own family. So we're just really going there, but just still at the same time learning this ourselves and and just um, saying, hey, we, we're still growing. And um, did you want to say something quick too? Yeah, I can say something real quick. Um, yeah, I actually didn't get a chance to go on the trip, but I just saw the ripple effects afterward. And it's just, um, it's definitely just mind-blowing, um, exactly like what Misha was saying, as far as, like, watching the transformation happen, like, watching it, being able to watch it. It's like it's like watching a plant just grow out of the ground, but you're literally just, like, sitting there watching it grow, watching God do something. And it's just the same exact thing, only when they came back from camp, I just saw just this rapid just growth just happen, massive Um and it just tied in exactly what Brent was saying. Like that message is so important and the unity is so important. And for me, I'm just coming into the, uh, you know, a little bit more of an understanding of what you were sharing. But the more that we impart that to the kids, the more of ripple effects we're going to see the greater, the greater like is on that other side of understanding that revelation of how much um, they're loved. And so where else can you go and hear that message really? It's so rare. So for us being here, it's important. And then at Wildfire, that's the message that gets pumped out. And uh, it's powerful. And one more thing I just want to say is um, uh, the whole family thing, it just it goes no matter where we are. We highly value intercession uh, at, at, our, at Wildfire. And so while we were there, Tammy, who's another leader of ours, Tammy Roberts, um, wasn't able to come. But she had intercession going on at her house for us while we were over there. <laughs> and to me, that's an incredibly valuable, valuable uh, aspect right there. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it feels awesome. <laughs> awesome, guys. Cool. <clears throat> my name is Lonnie, part of Blazing Fire Church. This is my beautiful wife, Angela. She couldn't be here tonight. <laughs> she's out with her mom and sisters and cousins and other aunts and doing some women thing this weekend back tomorrow. Well, we got the pleasure a couple of weeks ago and it's nine o'clock. So get your kids, if you need to get your kids and come back up. And we, some, where's the team training kids, team training school to actually share tonight. Come on up real quick. Team training people. We went to San Francisco a couple of weeks ago at the love on the homeless kids in uh, deprived areas, transvestites and, all kind of crazy stuff. So we're going to share just briefly, guys. Can we have a short time? Just briefly. Because there's so many of us. So we can get into the rest of the night, okay? So let's start here. Say your name and where you're from. 